you can go in and ask for accommodations without specifically saying I have ADHD. So to do that, one would just go to their manager and say something like, Hey boss, I want to be the best employee, the best team member I can possibly be for you. And in order for me to do that, I have found I work best when dot, 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 plug in the thing that's, you know, that would help your ADHD brain. So that's, I guess, the way I would help somebody individually. Hey, what's going on, beautiful people? This is Ryan Turner, your registered dietitian, always here to fuel you. And several times a week, I'm delivering impactful five-minute shorts and amazing guest stories as we explore that intersection between satisfaction, satiety, and biological need. It's all to help you control and overcome binge eating, improve performance, and support your body composition goals. But hey, remember, if it's working for you, your health, your mindset, and your definition of success, no one deserves to tell you different. You do you. Fuel you. Ryan Mayer, part two. Part two. It's like <laughs> it's like the sequels that you're really excited to see. And we're going to be one of the rare ones where number two is even better than the original. I think so. Like Toy Story turned out that way. Yes. Yeah. What else? What else was like a really good sequel? Spider-Man, I felt, was also, right? And I think there's like so many Spider-Men movies, Spider-Man movies now. Maybe I'm tapped out there. I don't know what else. We're going to create like the Ryan universe because that's the newest, you know, Spidey-verse or whatever. Spider yeah, we should. Can I, can I bring something into the picture for a second? Hold on. Stay there. I'm right here. Okay. I, I don't know how I'm, this is. I don't know how it's going to work right now with like my I'm headphones. See, I'm seeing what you're doing and I'm loving it. We have to describe it auditorily though. Yeah, of course. If no one can see this right now, I put on my king crown. And if no one knows... Why? I'm going to tell you right now, because it's the Ryan Ryan show right now. Yeah, and our namesake means little king, little king, Irish, right? Yeah. Gaelic, Gaelic, Irish, however, one, one of those, but it's that. And um, I wanted to celebrate. I bought this. I bought this recently. And I said, this is the perfect time to use it to make sure that we are celebrating ourselves. And I also love the celebration of like the brain. Mm -hmm. In terms of like, wow, we need to treat it like royalty sometimes, prioritize it, kind of my message. I had this like this like logo that I created a while ago using AI and it was like a brain wearing a crown. I love it. And wow. still have to get it out more. Anyway, this is in celebration of you, Ryan Mayer. So cool. Thank well, so I, I receive it. Uh, just honored to be in the same court with you. Oh, nice. Speaking of uh, honoring, I'm going to take this off. I didn't realize how awkward it's going to be with my headphones. I understand. But it looks maybe great. I'll, maybe, maybe I'll put it here as we, there there we see it. That's, that's definitely okay. Okay. Because I just got to say, that's like the greatest like crown I've ever seen. That's like legit. I love that. I like it. I think it's, I yeah. think it's pretty special. It is really Tell special. me though, birthday recently celebrated? Yeah. Thank you. Um, when... When people have been asking me lately, you know, how are you feeling? I said, I'm 38, feeling great, ready to dominate. <laughs> Was that top, top of your head or did you, did you have to come up with that? I mean, I, I reflected on it for like 10 seconds, but, yeah. 
But yeah, that's been my go-to thing because in my opinion, age ain't nothing but a number, folks. <laughs> so true. I, you know, I have a I turned 40 in January and it has been up and down with my two-year-old, mm -hmm. sleeping issues, all those challenges. And I was injured at some point and getting back into a lot of my training. It's been really hard just mentally yes. and dealing with all kinds of stuff. But age being just a number, there I was like, okay, I have to get back in training. Soreness has been really hard, different mm -hmm. aches and pains. And I don't want to make that sound like you're old. Like I, I'm old when I say this, but it was like I'm feeling it. And it it mm -hmm. was, and I feel like I'm right there. I'm getting over the hump of how intense the soreness was. Yes. And I'm like, is it because of age or is it just because I was injured and out of it and not sleeping well? It's been hard. It's been this like mental, mental gymnastics that I'm really playing with. I don't know if you've it's experienced that. Absolutely. A lot of it's about mindset. And I was talking with someone just this uh, past weekend I had the honor of going to my 15-year college reunion, Ooh. which is pretty wild. Yeah. And I was speaking with a woman who is a, you know, graduated a couple of sets of five ahead of us. Um, so she was a little bit more seasoned and she was talking about like all these aches and pains. And I said, well, to put something in perspective, we've been using the same equipment of our bodies, you know, both of us almost for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you drove the same car for 40 years, or if you had the same pair of shoes for 40 years, or the same cell phone for 40 years, like, especially with the tenacity that we go after life, like, it's bound to be sore and have some wear and tear sometimes. So that's just why it's so important to know that food is fuel and you got to fuel you. <laughs> Which brings us back to our podcast, which is great. If you haven't listened into um, our last podcast together, we were on episode 56. This was about mid-April or so. So if you can kind of think back what was going on then. Um, I know I was getting very deep into even more of my, AD, my ADHD research uh, personally and applying nutrition to it, but wanting to reach out to some very well-informed amazing people to talk even more about adult ADHD in particular. Um, and some great things I know that Ryan was talking about. Two things I want to take away, and maybe these are so little to you, Ryan, but I love them and I actually still use them to this day because of how you presented it. But two things in particular, and actually one was the namesake of the episode, which was um, total unconditional acceptance mm -hmm. and how you end up treating your, um, your clients and how you work with individuals. And I thought that was really great because as adults with ADHD, we really can second guess things. We can really talk ourselves out of certain things. And we might even be afraid, even working with a coach, paying for a coach, taking our time and putting it out there and thinking, I don't want to bring this up because we might feel as if our coach might not accept it. So you brought in a really great concept there. The other one, Ryan, was um, when, right? What is needed, which I thought was so important because for anyone, and this is what I say, I'm kind of curious if you agree with this. Mm-hmm is that the challenges that individuals with ADHD face, we all do face them. It's just that individuals with ADHD, we just have a little bit of a, of a higher hill to climb and how to deal with them. I've been trying to kind of think that through myself and how to present that because a lot of what we do, we don't want to only help people with ADHD because I think that it's definitely something where we can all benefit from it. Um, but I thought what is needed 
can work for anyone, right? Because in a day when we feel overwhelmed, you just have to focus on what is needed. And it doesn't have to set a new bar or a new precedent for what we do, but just how do we can get through that one day and keep just piecing those things together to find successful weeks and months and years. It's just like when you talked about your training, you know, getting back to where you were. And when you go out and you do a run or you're lifting or you're doing even stretches or whatever, it's just one rep at a time, one step at a time, uh, one stretch at a time. So that's what I tell my clients is like, I had a client, this just popped to my mind that he's really struggling getting through clutter at his house. Mm. And so he's like, Ryan, you know, like moved a couple of times. I have a garage full of boxes. Now I know that folks that live in bigger cities may not have as much of this problem, but it's like out here in the burbs, if you have a garage, like it gets filled pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So what I, and he said, I just can't even approach it because it's so overwhelming. And I said, it's all about the filter that you look at things with. So like, for example, when you were bouncing back from the injury and not sleeping well, to try to think like, oh, I want to be back at peak performance. Well, that's going to seem overwhelming. But if it's if you just think, all right, this day, I'm going to get back to training. I'm going to stretch a little bit. I'm going to whatever. So I told him, don't think of it as a garage full of items. Instead, don't even think about one box. Think about one item inside of one box. So grab one box, bring it back out of the garage so you're not overwhelmed in that environment lay out the stuff on the floor and pick one object and then decide, am I keeping this? Am I throwing it away? Am I donating it? What's happening? And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're building momentum. And you know, to relate it back to your story, Ryan, you, you've started getting back in the swing of things with training and now you're almost there and you just did it by getting back to the basics and what is needed, which by the way, I thought of you this weekend when I was at my reunion because that song, All I Do Is Win by DJ Khaled came on. Um, and I knew that was one of the concepts you enjoyed. So I like looked over at my wife. Everyone else is like, you know, jamming to the music. And I'm like, all I do is win. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so. It's the truth. And also this, I almost don't want to uh, let everyone know this answer. But if you want to know how many weddings ryan and his <laughs> wonderful wife have actually attended which is a staggering number you have to go back to episode 56 and go listen to it because that i feel like is a huge part of your relationship which is so great so maybe you just added another one onto things mm -hmm. um <laughs> but with these concepts of when and with the concept of total unconditional acceptance, and I love what you just helped your other client with, I wanted to really take what we talked about previously, bring it in now into even, refine even more of what you do. And I know that a lot of how you want to support people is in their career and in the mm -hmm. office. Um, I know it's not all that you do, but how can we bring these concepts into the office and how are you really helping an individual, not at home so much, which is so important, but in the office? What's happening there? What are we applying? How are we getting people to win in that setting? Great question. And just like you talked about earlier, like this is these concepts can apply to people who both have ADHD or may not have ADHD. And I would say that the some of these concepts, um, they're going to impact individuals mainly at work, but also at home. Because sure. I I try to give, you know, these tools that have a lot of uses 
because it's sort of like these pretend glasses that I'm wearing that don't even have any lenses. Um, but it's more of like, what are the lens? What's the lens that you see the world through? Um, just like when we were talking about before, age is nothing but a number. If if people think about their ADHD as a disability, well, then that's how they're always going to see it. Why not instead frame it as this is just a trait that I have. So like if someone, for example, is tall or short, we can't like judge ourselves for being tall or short. It's just how we are. Sure. Um, so I tell people first, like try to remove that judgment um, and put things in front of you in a way at work that are going to best fit you. So just like, okay, I've never said it this way, but I really like this. Just like you wouldn't buy clothes for someone that's like two feet taller than you and then try to wear it as your own. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you put on the, a pair of pants or shorts that are like way too short on you, you have to get something that fits you. So what I first start when I'm talking with people about their careers, I'll ask, how does this fit you? Because I speak from experience and learning the hard way of trying to swim upstream and trying to fit into a neurotypical box of like, when we look around and we see everyone else, and this can happen at the gym too, but like you look around and it seems like everyone else is doing everything so easily. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to be hard on ourselves of like, ah, I wish I could do it as easily as those folks. But just keep in mind, like everyone's different. Everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. So I'll say to them, how does this career fit you? Because maybe if you're doing a job where you have to do all these admin tasks that you're not good at and you don't enjoy, well, of course you're going to struggle. And that's why for many years, I refused to accept the reality of the situation that like if a company doesn't have things that align with how my brain works, it's just a recipe for failure. So I kept getting into these roles in sales that ended like were enterprise sales, AKA like long sales cycles. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being a really bad fit for me. So I work with clients to say, what's going to be a good fit? Do you need it to be something where you're moving? Do you want a place where um, you're working with your hands? Do you want something where you are having to, getting to think creatively? and collaborate with others? Or do you do better where you're working on your own in a place where you can focus a little bit more? Um, so I, I just try to help them to understand like we all have strengths that we bring to the table. And it's just a matter of getting those back up to the top of your priority list. Because many times we're like, yeah, 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 I know that's what I do well and that's what I enjoy, but this is what my job says I have to do. Um, yeah, so I'll leave that there for a second. I, um, why did the long sales cycle not help you in particular? I have an idea, but I'm curious. Yeah. I'm glad you asked because I like did a little hesitation. Cause I'm like, should I tell him? Yeah, I'll tell him. So I'm glad that you asked that. I do really, really well on the front end where like I'm driven by this curiosity where I want to get to know the people on a personal level, not just like, do you meet the criteria as an ideal customer for our sales product? Um, I want to know like, what makes this person tick? 
at like a human level. Mm -hmm. The problem is my company didn't care about that. So once I learned about them, I knew about their kids and their dogs and their, when their birthday was and all that. Once it got to the point where I had made my presentation and they knew what I brought to the table and I knew everything I knew about, I wanted to find out about them. It was hard for me to stay interested because then it's just following up like, okay, are you ready to buy yet? <laughs> sure. Hey, did you find that budget yet? Um, so it just like, I kind of lost interest, but then I was forced to stay engaged because that was my job. Um, so it was just something where I lost interest, but that didn't work well because if I wasn't closing deals, I wasn't making commission and I wasn't hitting my goals that were set out for me. I completely, um, not, not to just agree with you, but I, I, I resonate with that because my yeah. first job out of college, it was at a, um, a best practice healthcare consulting company, basically mm -hmm. looking at like the best hospitals in the country and looking at either cardiology or, you know, oncology, even the philanthropy and nursing, all that kind of stuff. You guys do it really well. What do you do? I want to now research it. I'm going to sell that research to other hospitals and make them better too. Now, there are two positions that you could usually go into. One was going to be sales and the other was client relations, basically, right? And that's keeping up with that relationship. And at the time, I didn't know this. It wasn't for me. But also, yep. I thought that sales wasn't for me either. And I was placed in that client relations because I would say certain things like, oh, I really like to make sure that I am getting to know someone and I feel like I'm going to be so quick um, you know, with that sales process and I'm going to have to let them go. But little did I know that really the things that I enjoyed the most was just the front end stuff. And I think most ADHD or adult ADHD individuals are that way, which is like the entrepreneur side, always kind of creating, always kind of coming up with things with a lot of failure in there too. But it's still like, we're going to try it. We're going to see if it works and we can kind of move on from there. The job that I know that I would have been great at, and I still, I guess, could do it in my life, but I was always great in a restaurant. Always great in a restaurant, front of house, always moving, always something to do, which was really good. But the one job I never did was like going into a new restaurant, setting it up, getting them up and running, and then moving on. And there's mm -hmm. a job, there is a job like that. And I always thought it would be something that I'd love to do, but reflecting on it and from what you're saying, that's a great job. We're going to start a new restaurant. Let's get, you know, let's build the marketing. Let's build the restaurant out. Let's make it look a certain way that we want to. Let's get the staff. Let's get it up and running but I don't want to keep it running. I just want to build it nice and shiny and then I'm out. And I think a lot of times I always thought, I don't know if I'd be, I don't know if I wanted to do that, but like, I think that's where I would shine, right? So it's, I think figuring out what you are going to be great at. Do you feel like you're helping people do that, find that job? Because the follow-up question is going to be, well, what if you're in a job you feel like you can't leave and how do you make it for you? But first off, yeah. How, do you feel like you're helping people find like that career for them or a new career? It's funny how timing works because it was just this weekend uh, on the drive. So my wife and I and our kids, we live in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I graduated from the University of Dayton. Go Flyers. And it's about a three-hour drive or so. So I always enjoy those times where Andrea and I can talk on the drive to and from somewhere, especially when children aren't there, because you can just cover so much more ground, <laughs> you know, without being asked a million questions. But anyway, we were having a really good discussion around like what's next 
for me and my business. And what I'd really like to do is bring back my passion for recruitment and client engagement in that way and go out there and find companies that are very intentional around having inclusive practices for like all kinds of diversity and disabilities. Because I think I could bring a very unique perspective of I can bring them a whole bunch of people since I have like almost, well, I have over half a million followers with all my different social media platforms. And then just with my background in corporate sales and recruitment, I know what companies would be looking for. So yes, I could definitely help people find jobs. But more importantly than that, on an individual level, it's about can you find a way to prosper where you are? And if not, that's okay. Being okay with like finding something else that might be a better fit. Because I know we're probably going to talk about a little bit this groundbreaking text message program I was just getting ready to release right in our last episode, episode one, um, or version, it's episode 56, but um, part one, um, that I call it land, like launch pads and landmines. So like the launch pads are the things I was kind of thinking of like Mario Kart when you'd hit those like acceleration pads. Oh, sure. Um, but then there's also the landmines where you hit a banana, for example, in Mario Kart. And that same kind of thing happened to me all throughout my corporate career before I started my coaching practice. Like one that just pops to my mind is um, I actually worked in healthcare as well. And I did physician recruitment. And when I first started there, there was an entire department that uh, had recruitment technicians that would support us. Like we were kind of the hunter gatherers. And then we'd be like, all right, we got Dr. Smith to say, yes, please process his paperwork. But then in a cost cutting initiative, they removed that entire department. So then now it'd be like, okay, Ryan, like good job finding that doctor. Now go process all of his paperwork. And that was the beginning of the end for me because that's not what I'm good at. Um, so yeah, I help people to just see like, okay, what parts of the job do you do well? What parts do you despise? And then you could even approach your manager regardless of if you want to officially disclose like, hey, I have ADHD. That's why I need this help. I don't think that at least in America, eh, really in, throughout the world, even though it's a, it's quickly growing as far as like awareness and acceptance, I still think it's very situational and it's based on the management and the leadership and what they know about it. You can go in and ask for accommodations without specifically saying I have ADHD. So to do that, one would just go to their manager and say something like, Hey boss, I want to be the best employee, the best team member I can possibly be for you. And in order for me to do that, I have found I work best when dot, 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 plug in the thing that's, you know, that would help your ADHD brain. So that's, I guess, the way I would help somebody individually. That's great. And just thinking now, I think a lot of uh, leaders, a lot of managers, higher ups, I think they want that kind of thing too. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but they're like, uh, okay, if you're telling me that you are going to be better and more efficient, let, let's make that happen. Because I think a lot of a lot of managers and higher ups are thinking about that all the time. How can I get them to be their best self? So I think that's amazing. When you 
have had your clients and you've coached them to maybe go do that, how many of these people, let's catastrophize, how many of them lost their job? How many of them got fired? How many of them, was there a bad outcome? I'm just like thinking back. I'm like mentally going through my Rolodex of all the people and I can't think of any where there was like a directly negative outcome mm-hmm. because I see it as one of two things because it's all about perspective. Either their leadership team was like, hey, thank you for suggesting how we can support you. Or if they weren't on board with that, it was pretty much a good sign to my client. Like maybe this is not the place I want to be because the biggest epiphany probably that I had, and I think I may have shared this on the last time we chatted, but it's still important to, to rehash it a little bit is just realizing your, your job doesn't define who you are as a person. And many people, I'm going to say, especially in Western culture and especially I'm going to say like in the U S like on the coasts, no offense, but like sometimes people that are in like big cities, it's like, what kind of work do you do? And it's like, everyone's trying to measure each other up by that. It's like, who cares what kind of work I do? Um, So the point is, even if something's not a good fit, my clients could realize that and go, you know what? It's just a job. I'm going to go ahead and do something else. So it's all, I mean, I think I was trying to lead into this in terms of like, yeah, no, nothing bad has ever come from it. In fact, it sounds like it's more clarity, which is good. Can can we nail down? I'm curious, what are three things that maybe somebody would need to ask? An adult ADHD or wouldn't probably walk up and say, hey, these three things are going to help me. I have I have at least two ideas that I know would support myself, but maybe cross-referencing all of your clients, what have they had to focus on? Totally. And to rewind it just for a second, and I liked that before. I don't know if anybody caught this, but Ryan did a really nice, subtle Wayne's World reference earlier when he said, let's rewind back to last episode. Um, I want to rewind back to an earlier question, like two minutes ago when you said, what can, like, what managers definitely want to figure out how to help maximize uh, their employees' performance. And you know how we had a couple of nuggets to take away last time. Pay attention to this one, everyone. If you're not listening, start paying attention again. Um, It would be that results get respect. So that's your little soundbite. Results get respect. And so when it comes down to it, if someone's wondering, should I go to my manager to ask about this? If it's going to help you to make better results, that means it's going to help them look better, which means it's going to help the company do better. So it's really all like, it's going to help everyone. So that's what I'm trying to really like empower my clients. So three things that are like super easy is you could ask, could we check in more often? Now this isn't necessarily about micromanaging, but knowing that our ADHD brains, as Dr. Ned Hallowell says, it's either now or not now for our ADHD. So to increase the positive accountability, just to keep us on track with what we we know we need to do, but maybe we're not super excited to do it. Like, did you make all those phone calls? Did you do the report? I always asked my 
managers for more frequent check-ins because that would force me to do the work. So that's one. Second would be, and this this one might seem kind of crazy, but hear me out, flexible start and end times. So I'll never forget this. I felt like I was in the opening scene of office space where the guy is, and not the office, but office space, where he's sitting in traffic jam and this old woman is walking like next to the highway with her walker and she's literally going faster than he is because the traffic's moving so slow. I can remember sitting in traffic, a traffic jam on the way to work, looking around and thinking to myself, how dumb are we? Like, and when I hear about people in big cities, like my cousin lives in New York and she said, it's two, it's two hours each way just to like get to work. And I'm just thinking like, that's so much of your life that you're in, you know, the car or the train or whatever. So I just thought to myself, we're all going to places we don't really want to be to do work. We're not excited about with people we don't care, really enjoy. And we're all just sitting here miserable, like bumper to bumper. So what if you could ask your leadership team, could we start, like, could I start a little bit later? Like maybe uh, I find a lot of my clients struggle with time management. In fact, full disclosure, I had to ask Ryan if we could start our recording like five minutes later because I was running late, which is no big deal. But if you were a prospect or you were my manager and it's like five minutes late every time, that might be an issue. Um, But if it's like, hey, I could deliver a lot better for you if I could just start an hour later and then work an hour later. You know, so that's one or that's two. I mean, and the third, this one's super simple too, but I know I get distracted really easily, both like visually and auditorily from sound. So uh, for me, it was asking for noise canceling headphones. So like for them to pay a couple hundred bucks and get you a a nice pair of, uh, you know, like noise canceling headphones. And if it's going to increase your productivity and get better results, totally worth it. And by the way, here's something I just learned, Ryan, over the weekend. Corporations can actually get tax write-offs for working on inclusion uh, initiatives and things to help their employees that who might have a disability. So that is one reason that they could disclose is like, hey, if you don't want to buy me these... I'm just going to tell you I'm ADHD. So if you submit this, you guys can get a tax credit. <laughs> I think that's that's not just empowering someone. It's giving them the tools and saying, hey, you're going to ask this. And even if you feel a certain way, you're going to let them know how it's going to benefit them, right? So people aren't going to think that on their own. And I would also argue that a lot of adult ADHDers are going to overthink it and they're going to catastrophize. and They're going to think the worst case scenario 100%. by asking those things. And as you went on with your list of three there, The first one I feel like might not be the thing that helps everybody as much as maybe uh, number two and number three, Um, just because I do know a lot of individuals that don't need that micromanaging and the less that they get, the better. I know that sometimes my brain will start to think like, oh, does, does that higher up not like me anymore? We haven't talked in a while. And so it just spirals. And I'm like, I wish we just checked in and I wish I Mm -hmm. just had that. And like, they were just busy on their own and that would help me. But I think that those, that the two, two and three there, it can help almost anyone. I think that's, that's great. I was thinking about number three personally, 
knowing that I need that. And even as I get older, things like uh, misophonia is definitely something that bothered me. Uh, really, I was challenged with growing up. I never knew it. Like whenever a teacher was like, you guys can eat in class, it's fine. I'm like, no, in my mind, because I know that it would distract me. But even like being in this room, and if no one's uh, seeing video, I'm in a, a recording booth and it's padded. And sometimes I find myself just drawn to this because it does take every other noise out and working in this co-working space is very challenging for me. And, you know, so it definitely helps in that respect. I want to try and transition a little bit over to nutrition because I think that what you do and help people and empower people with their careers, with their jobs. And I think going into a career, finding what's good for them, but then also, Hey, you're in a career. Maybe you can't switch, but there's solutions. We can definitely help you. And I think that was amazing. One thing that I know that I, really have to push a lot of my clients for, whether it's ADHD or not, is that it's setting time aside. And I think it's like setting time aside to eat in particular, or even from the side of training. Now, I'm usually focusing the lens of ADHD, helping almost you know everyone, but from the lens of ADHD, being able to set that time aside and know that you need to get moving because it's going to help with dopamine, help your efficiency, help your nutrition, help your brain, all those kind of things. But something as simple as putting that time on your calendar and not letting anyone schedule over it is a very hard thing for people to go outside to walk, to help them. Every two hours, it can definitely help with the dopamine, help with your brain, feeding your brain for not just that strong body and strong brain, kind of a little bit of a you know part of my mantra. But do you find that a lot of people have a hard time setting that time aside for eating, setting that time aside to make sure that they're getting their body moving throughout the day? And how do you go about empowering someone to do that on top of what you're already doing? In the dawn of the Zoom era of, you know, like people are taking a lot of video calls, I have found it's been increasingly challenging for me to break away from my screen. We as humans are made to move. It's it, We're not meant to sit in a chair stationary for eight hours straight looking at a screen mm-hmm. or scrolling on our phone, you know, hunched over and everything. So I just had this happen today. I asked one of my clients, I said, hey, what do you think about having our meeting be on the go? We'll do auditory only and we'll do walk and talk because he had told me he wanted to increase the steps he's getting in. So I said, well, why don't we do that while we talk? Because I find I think better anyway when I'm when I'm moving. And he's like, that's a great idea. So we've done that for two weeks in a row now. So that's a recommendation to, to anyone listening is, can you take any of your meetings on the go? Because I know a lot of people tell me, yeah, I don't even do anything on that meeting. I'm just basically listening. Well, then why couldn't you walk or even go on your treadmill at home or whatever? Um, so that's one. Second is, I think that people have really relaxed the etiquette when it comes to like what you can do, what's like okay to do on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And I, knowing that food is fuel, not that I'm trying to give you any like um, PTSD from your previous classes, but I brought oranges and a pear um, because I didn't have a chance to finish my lunch. And these are just two easy things that I can have. Like if I'm talking with a client, they don't care if I'm eating, you know, a little a little tangerine. What is this thing? Clementine. That's what I meant to say. Um, so I just have those every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another. And then I had one other one. Oh, again, this just happened today too. Um, 
my wife likes to try to catch up with me right before my lunch break. And I said, well, today I'm talking with my fellow little king, Ryan Turner. And over, you know, noon to one Eastern. So I don't have time for lunch like I normally would. I want to advocate for myself and say, I know you want to catch up, but I need to eat lunch. So I did that. And so like, think about how much better your battery is going to be, you know, mentally and just physically, if you take that time to eat. So the walk and talk is definitely something that you could recommend if someone can do it. I think having those snacks readily available, I always talk about um, what I call the nutrition basket for people. And sometimes, especially with adults with ADHD, but gotta be honest, almost everyone um, that are just so busy. I'm like, look, we will do more of what's in front of us. We will drink more water as I hold up my water bottle. You will eat more of the food that's going to be in front of you. You will do the work. You will focus on the work that's going to be in front of you too. If your phone is going off and it's buzzing and it's glowing and it's lighting up, you're going to look at that phone more. So why aren't we treating food that way for someone who says they don't have enough time for it? So I say, okay, the concept of a nutrition basket, think of what you have to eat in your day to be successful nutritionally, to feed your brain, to feed your body, all that kind of stuff too, right? Because if you don't eat, you're going to go home and binge most of my clients with ADHD. And to be honest, again, a lot of people that don't have ADHD too will go home and they'll end up binging because they forgot to eat. And so it's something here where it's like, okay, well, it's in front of you. You're going to remember to eat it. By the time you leave the office, all of that should have gone into your face hole and then you will be more successful. I promise. Right. And it's helped so many people in terms of accountants and lawyers in particular, because they're just like, I just, I, it's not, it's not that I have ADHD. It's just that I, I'm just busy and, you know, they think that they can't. So, um, it's definitely so helpful to kind of think of that nutrition basket concept, which is exactly what you're doing. And I think what you just did is you advocated for yourself and just like with Andrea, your wife, right? You said, well, I I can't today. That I think is the hardest thing is that people aren't advocating enough for themselves, whether it's face-to-face verbally, or you're creating that time on your calendar. But you also not have to advocate yourself um, against other people. Can I say that? You have to advocate for yourself against yourself because you can talk yourself out of doing it so easily, right? How often do we just need that reminder and that accountability? Which brings me back to your text program. Mm -hmm. And I want to be aware of time too. So you just let me know what's going on with that. No, thank you. No, we're good. The text program, because your text program, it sounds perfect for the ADHD mind because it's something that is, it's it's quick, it's easy, it's in your face, it's right there, right? It's very, it's easily, quickly digestible. Why is it going to be so helpful for people to hear about this text program and how is it going to benefit them? I promise we we didn't script this out ahead of time, <laughs> but the fact that Ryan just said how many professionals and and I work with attorneys as well. And I work with physicians as well. And everybody is so busy. We're so busy being busy that we sometimes forget about the things that are most important. And I think for anyone out there, there's so many apps and don't get me wrong. Apps are definitely helpful, but sometimes it's good to, to know You don't have to download an app. You don't have to remember a username or a password. So Uh, that is the bane of my existence. Yes. Someone says, and my my wife is like, hey, I have to sign into such and such. Can you just give uh, me the password? I'm like, I don't have a full week of work ahead of, I can't do that. Yeah. And so, because 
again, this is just learning from past failures. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't make an app, but I did the webinar thing. I did master classes where I offered those and like no one was taking it. I'm like, okay, I have ADHD. Would I even do those things? Probably not. So what would I want? I would want something that would text me because that's how people know how to reach me. So this is what makes it different, Ryan, is that when people follow the link, which we'll have in the show notes, if you sign up, right when you click submit, you get a text right away. Hey, it's ADHD Coach Ryan. Thanks for signing up. And then each day at 9 a.m. local time to wherever they are, they'll receive a 90-second to two-minute audio from me, and it'll be talking about like the lesson of the day. And this is a a 10-day program. So it's not, I'm not asking you to commit to three months or even one month. It's 10 days of all of the lessons that I give my ADHD clients. And again, this can be helpful for anyone, but boiling that all down to like, what are the most important things? So you, they get that, let's call it a two minute audio with like the theme of the day. And then they reply back with a certain word that kind of aligns with that theme and there's about six back and forth messages that a person will get per day from me. Um, but it's self-paced in that way. So whenever they're ready, they get this, they send the word and it'll reply back. And then there's downloadable resources that they can get. So it's not like those really nice dust collectors that are like the bound books that you got at the one seminar you went to five years ago. This is something that you'll print out and you have a couple sheets, but you can also save it, you know, in your virtual memory, wherever that is. But things like finding out what your best strengths are. Uh, there's literally a checklist that you can print out anytime you're considering a job to make sure it's an ADHD friendly job. Um, and then creating a mission statement. Like what is, what is my why quote unquote for like the work that I do? Um, so all of that without ever having, it's just like a one-time fee. So I'm not trying to like trick anyone into subscriptions or anything like that. So it's, a hundred bucks, but wait, there's more. Um, if you, there's a going to be a discount code, which I'll tell you, in a, you know, here before we finish up and you can get a discount because I don't want money to be the thing that stands in the way of you getting support. Um, and when it comes down to it, Ryan, life is too short to do jobs we don't like. I agree. So this text program, what it sounds like, it's like a little Ryan Mayer, a little king on your shoulder, (laughs) just giving you those reminders of how to focus through that clutter, I think, in your brain and make sure it's like, no, no, this is going to be a good focus for today. Make sure that you know this and it's kind of how to apply it. Now, what I, I love most about it is that it's two minutes. It's quick. It's simple. But it sounds as if if you wanted to go deeper in it or it, you're kind of instructing someone to go deeper, but it's like, I will go deeper and here is what you can do. And that's where you can kind of either set that time aside or do it along with you, which is definitely helpful. Well, exactly. I like that and, idea. And, and the whole idea here is like, if this is the only thing that someone wants to do to, to interact with me, it is enough where I'm going to give you everything that you could need. But if you want to take a deeper dive with me, um, or check out like group coaching with me or one-on-one coaching, happy to explore that. This is meant to be, uh, since we're on a healthy food podcast, this is like the veggie tray. So like you can go and it'll, it could fill you up if you, if that's what you're looking for, but it might just be a really good entree. Um, to get you excited about the meal. 
I like it. I think it's, let's definitely put that in the show notes. You know that we're going to. Um, I want everyone to go check that out and uh, make sure that you can break through that clutter that you have right now. This is this is it. This is where if you are sitting somewhere right now, having a hard time, how to apply these things in your work life, this is going to get you started for sure. Yeah. And that's, okay. and again, it's all taken from my own experience of what didn't work and then how I did get it to work for myself and my clients that I have all over the world. Um, so the discount code that your users can can have, Ryan, is FUEL30. Um, so that's for 30% off. Nice. Um, and that's why this thing is called How to Find Work That Works for Your ADHD. We need that. I need that sometimes. And I work for myself. So um, yeah, that's important. I, I'm I'm all about it. And guys, if you have not checked out episode 56, that's because I think this is episode 76. So 20 episodes ago, we got even more into a lot of the mind of the adult ADHD or um, even more great things that Ryan had shared there too. So please go check out episode 56. Um, go check out the show notes. And Ryan, before we sign off here, uh, can you just remind everyone um we didn't do it at the, at the beginning of this episode like i'd love to do where can we find more about you definitely so i mentioned earlier uh that people can find me on the socials i'm really trying to push my content on linkedin so it's uh ryan mayer um and my, i think my url is like ryan mayer super connector so that's kind of fun nice um i'm also on youtube but my handle on any of the platforms is adhd coach ryan um and I have over half a million followers and I'm so grateful for each and every one. Um, but feel free to also book a call with me and my team too. Cause if I can help answer any questions, I'm just here to let you know that you're not alone anymore. And, uh, it's a team effort. How about it? Love it. Uh, please go check out Ryan on all of those socials, LinkedIn, YouTube, go check it out. Um, and check out Ryan's lives. I love when Ryan goes live because it's definitely something to connect with. And I think that's where you are the most authentic you. I love you in those moments too. Um, anyway, Ryan, thank you so much for coming back on. And welcome, you know what? Ryan. Maybe we'll do it again. And you know what? I'm we, we are driving across country, Ryan Mayer. We're driving cross country, the family. We're going to Colorado. So I guess not all the way, but we're going through Ohio. We might end up needing to uh, hook when up. It, when is this? Because we absolutely should. Yeah. Beginning of July. So sweet. We're, we're renting out our apartment here and we're just going to, we're just going. We're just, just something just to kind of change up perspective on things, you know? I, I love that. So and maybe that's the ADHD in me. That's cool. <laughs> um, speaking of one more impulsive, spontaneous thing that I want to throw out there for your audience is... Um, I, and I like saying it this way on my lives, which is if you haven't watered your brain lately, make sure to do that. Um, so I'm drinking out of my water bottle right now. And so is Ryan. So mm -hmm. There, Join us. So make sure as you're listening to this, take a couple sips of water. Your brain will thank you. That's it. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. And good night. See ya. See ya. Right. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks, dude.